A new film to be released in October tells the true stories of Taiwan's female political prisoners. In the 1950s, many women were sent to a concentration camp on Green Island for so-called political crimes. And the film's producer is none other than former legislator Yao Wenzhi. After losing the Taipei mayoral election in 2018, Yao bowed out of politics. But now he's back in the news with the first major release of his film company. Directed by Zero Zhou, the movie is based on Bonfire Island by Cao Qinrong. Since leaving the legislature, Yao Wenzhi spent a while in obscurity. Now he's back in this exclusive interview with FTV, not to talk politics, but to promote his new movie. Untold Herstory comes out in October. Liomago is the only natural spring on Green Island. In those days, all the political prisoners were given the code Liomago number 15. What I'm looking forward to is everybody understanding that era better and understanding how our democratic freedoms came to evolve. Untold history tells the true stories of Taiwanese women who were convicted of political crimes in the 1950s. They were sent to a concentration camp on Green Island to undergo ideological re-education. The contrasting stories of three women of different generations are told side by side, but what they share in common is being seized and sent to the camp for reading unacceptable books or singing controversial songs. Yao says that if these stories aren't captured, the picture of Taiwan's history will be incomplete. If we don't tell these stories enough, then our next generation won't know how we got here. If you've seen the Korean film A Taxi Driver, it shows the evolution of the era from the perspectives of ordinary people. For the last decade or two decades, I've been wishing there would be people with the breadth of vision and more financiers who would do things like this. But I never saw it. Now that I'm no longer a legislator, I can do it. I'm really looking forward to it. There are no films that are based on material from oral accounts of Taiwanese history. Yao was under immense pressure at certain points during filming when finances were tight. The hardest thing was spending a million dollars every day, just burning through it while filming is underway. At that point, we had a funding shortfall of 40 million NT dollars. We were continuously managing the crew there. I hope we can expand on Taiwan's history with many movies. What I'm planning now is the story of Chan Chambu, as well as a love story against the backdrop of the 1935 Taiwan Exposition. Despite the financial strain, Yao says he will stay in the movie business. He wants to use the silver screen to ignite more conversations about the roots of Taiwan's history and society. About 10,000 passengers on the Taipei MRT had their commute disrupted this morning after a train got stuck on the tracks of the automated brown line that runs between Nangang and the Taipei Zoo. The incident happened at 8.31 a.m. when a train heading south from Liuzhangli Station came to a halt before reaching Lingguang, the next station. At the time, 80 passengers were on the train. They were helped out and had to walk to another train, which took them back to a station where shuttle buses took them to their destinations. All in all, train services were suspended for 37 minutes at eight stations. 
Maintenance personnel say the incident may have been caused by a malfunction in the electrical backup system, which caused the train to come to an emergency stop. Now, turning to the municipal elections coming up on November 26, with COVID still around, preparations are being made to prevent infections on Election Day. Voters with fevers or COVID symptoms will have to wear gloves and vote in designated booths. People in quarantine or isolation will not be allowed to go out to cast a vote. In this simulation, temperatures are taken and hands are disinfected before voters can enter a polling station to cast their votes. Taiwan will be holding local elections on November 26 to choose city and county heads, local councillors and borough wardens. A referendum and a constitutional amendment will also be held that day. People with fevers or COVID symptoms must wear gloves at the polling station and cast their votes in designated booths. Even if you have a fever of 37.5 degrees or more, you can still cast a vote. We will have designated voting booths for this. Staff will guide voters to the special booths to cast their votes. Ripping the ballots is punishable with fines of up to 50,000 NT. Showing off one's vote or taking the ballot out of the polling station is also not allowed. According to the current COVID rules, people with COVID, people in home isolation and people in quarantine are not allowed to go out to vote. If they are quarantining under the 3 plus 4 model, they of course can't vote on the first three days. If they are under the 0 plus 7 model, they can go out on any of the seven days of self-health management, so they should be allowed to vote. We have asked the Central Election Commission to make a clear statement on the matter, on whether people under the 0 plus 7 regime can vote. The Central Election Commission reminds the general public that starting midnight on the day of the vote, no campaigning is allowed. Voters must also not wear campaign clothing or accessories or take items related to the elections to polling stations. TSMC is making progress on its plans to build a new fab in Kaohsiung. The city government says it issued a construction license for the project on Thursday. The semiconductor giant says it plans to start work on the site later this year. Kaohsiung Mayor Chen Ximai says his administration will offer all the help it can give so that the fab can start mass production by the end of 2024. Let's hear from the mayor. There are some areas in which the central and local governments will have to work together and we will offer our full support. This is an extremely important step toward the development of a comprehensive semiconductor ecosystem in Kaohsiung, in southern Taiwan. Local residents are looking forward to TSMC setting up shop in the area as soon as possible. There are people in certain parties who don't want to see Kaohsiung prosper before the elections, sharing pessimistic views. Or they say that TSMC has problems. Time will tell who is right. What we are concerned about is just how many jobs TSMC will bring and how big the opportunities arising from this will be for Kaohsiung down the line. That's what we are concerned about. Since TSMC announced expansion plans in Kaohsiung, suppliers and clients of the firm have followed suit and announced plans to set up shop in the southern city.
Every year, people create designs in Yuanli Township's rice field in Miaoli. This year, the activity had a theme of bumper harvest. Rice plants of five different colors were planted, depicting a little girl leading a Chinese lion. In addition to giving the village a cheerful feel, the image reflects the farmers' prayers for a bumper crop. People can climb up a three-story observation deck nearby to take in the scene. Yuanli Township has different paddy designs each year. Last year, during the COVID pandemic, inoculation was the theme in hopes of lowering people's chances of getting COVID. This year, the farmers spent two months creating a rice field design with five colors. The Raknu Selu Trail is an ancient path that stretches almost 400 kilometers down Taiwan's central mountain range. Along the track are dozens of ancient villages that carry the histories of indigenous and Hakka people. It's a pilgrimage route not only for nature buffs, but also those who want to connect with ancestral stories. A new TV show produced by the Hakka Affairs Council is bringing this hidden gem to light. What makes a trail? The stone steps cut through the wilderness? Or the people who tread along its path? Provincial Highway Number 3 runs through the beautiful mountains of central Taiwan. Near the highway lies the legendary Raknu Selu Trail. Its reputation enticed professional trail runner Zhou Ting to return from Europe to check it out. Travel show hosts Gigi and Stanley were also enthralled by the trail. I think what's amazing about the Raknu Selo Trail is not just that it's a mysterious ancient trail, but every old trail is linked to a small town. We love going to Hengshan, and the Dashan Bay Trail there is so fun. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is the Zhangzishilo. Is it even possible to unearth the stories of this forgotten history? The Raknu Selu Trail stretches 380 kilometers from Longtan in Taoyuan to Taichung's Tongshi District. You can still see traces of the peoples who first cleared this path. As you walk, you pass through a string of Hakka and indigenous villages, learning the local people's stories of conflict, struggle, love, and devotion. And in the 19th century, the trail became a portal to the world, as the camphor trees which line it became a major export. The Hakka Affairs Council hired Golden Bell Award-winning presenter Danny Wen and English cameraman Chris Dowers to walk the trail and film their adventure. This is a trail of hardship for our Hakka forebears and a trail of blood for our indigenous forebears. It's also a pilgrimage trail for all Taiwanese people to get closer to the land and to get to know our history. The longest national trail in Taiwan affords walkers not just stunning views of Taiwan's forests, but also many insights into the history and cultures of the island. As we head into autumn, the Raknu Selu Trail is a perfect travel destination for nature lovers. Taiwan shares on Friday closed down 166 points to 14,118 after the U.S. Fed and Taiwan's central bank announced hikes to key interest rates. Analysts advise investors to pick good stocks and wait the turbulence out. Let's hear from an analyst. If we extend the time series analysis, where would the stock market go in the worst case scenario? What happens next? There will be bigger opportunities. Over the short term, of course there will be some impact from U.S. shares and bonds. 
it doesn't seem like the market is ready for a rebound there. Moving forward in October, companies will announce the revenues for September. Look out for how share prices react when the announcements are made. Among the most significant falls on Friday were TSMC shares, which closed down 9.5 NT, while MediaTek shares hit their lowest point in years. The only gains were on the transport and tourism sectors. Over in the foreign exchange market, the new Taiwan dollar continued depreciating, closing at 31.665 against the greenback. Hoteliers are voicing concern over government plans to phase out quarantine hotels, which will be rendered obsolete with the end of quarantines for international arrivals. Some say the transition to normal tourism operations won't be easy given the current shortage of labor in the hospitality sector. Others say there are oversights in the phase-out plan. They say there are no clear instructions on what to do with travelers who have to isolate after catching COVID in Taiwan. Some suggest that a handful of quarantine hotels could be converted into sander that cater specifically to this demographic, taking advantage of the experience garnered over the past years. Wearing a full set of protective clothing, he sprays disinfectant to thoroughly sanitise the room. Mandatory quarantines for travellers could be removed as early as October 13th, spelling the end for quarantine hotels. Hoteliers say that although they knew this day would come, they still have a few concerns about the future. What if a guest tests positive? We are not very clear about what to do about that. The government just told us that they are planning to phase out quarantine hotels. We haven't been told about the fine details about how to go about this and the rules to follow. Quarantine hotels can be transformed into specialized hotels for housing COVID patients. The staff have been trained for a while now and they have the expertise. People who catch COVID and have to isolate should absolutely not stay at regular hotels. The infection rate for international arrivals is still very high. Hoteliers say tourists who test positive while staying at a regular hotel could pose an infection risk for other guests. They say one way to avoid this is by turning some of the quarantine hotels into specialised accommodation for infected travellers. Meanwhile, some quarantine hotels say that going back to normal tourism operations is not easy, as there is a shortage of manpower. There is a massive shortage of housekeepers. Our employees have gone through training to be able to perform each other's jobs. At least in the short term, they can support each other, so we should be okay on that front. I call on our government to assist our industry with recruiting migrant workers. Otherwise, there will be insufficient personnel in the tourism industry. A short-term manpower shortage has become a major challenge in the hospitality sector. Some hoteliers say they hope the government will release supporting measures, explain procedures clearly and provide subsidies and training to help quarantine hotels ease back into normal business. We might need a little longer to completely phase out quarantine hotels, but we can't wait forever. We can't wait for them all to reconvert before we lift quarantine restrictions, so we can open up while putting in place policies with medium-term plans. The CECC says it will discuss plans to phase out quarantine hotels with the Tourism Bureau. With only three weeks left before the potential end of quarantines, hoteliers say they hope they will be given enough time to prepare for the arrival of international tourists.